Hello, and welcome to the Old Time Radio Hour. I'm your host, Justine Ward, and each week we bring you a classic show. Radio's Golden Age brought adventure to adults as well as children. We're starting the year with a sampling of radio shows that brought exotic locales to life for listeners. For the next two weeks, we have a treat for you. Orson Welles in the role of Harry Lyme from The Third Man. For a year in 1951 and 52, the show was recorded for Langworth Syndication in London at IBC Studios and broadcast on Mutual. The shows feature the great Orson Welles in the role of con man Harry Lyme, and his adventures take him all over the world. Each episode is full of travel, romance, and adventure, along with Orson Welles' spectacular acting talent and the evocative zither music provided by Anton Karras. This first episode we selected takes Harry from a bullfight in Spain to the port of Hong Kong. Enjoy the lives of Harry Lyme, the Golden Fleece, first broadcast October 12, 1951 on Mutual. Presenting Orson Welles as... The Third Man. The Lives of Harry Lyme. The fabulous stories of the immortal character, originally created in the motion picture The Third Man, with zither music by Anton Karras. That was the shot that killed Harry Lyme. He died in a sewer beneath Vienna. As those of you know who saw the movie The Third Man. Yes, that was the end of Harry Lyme. But it was not the beginning. No. He had many lives. And I can tell you about all of them. How? Because my name is Harry Lyme. Orson Welles as Harry Lyme, the third man, in today's story, The Golden Fleece. Well, it's a queer story. No matter how you look at it, it begins with a bullfight. It ends with a naval engagement on the China Sea. 
There's a woman in it, of course. Have another drink? All right, if you are. Uh, two gin slings, boy. Yes, sir. Two gin slings. It all started in the little seaport of Algeciras. Like every other town in Spain, there's a bullring there. I don't know how you feel about bullfights, but if it's Sunday in Spain, it's a little hard to stay away from them. A bullfight is to Spain what an opera is to Italy. It's the only thing in the country that starts on time. I'd been dawdling over my shellfish and beer, so when I got in for the second faena, Soldadito was in the ring. He was younger then and braver than he is now, but I've never been one of his fans. Too much ballet dancing for me and not enough bullfighting, but... We won't go into that. I could talk about the corrida all night, but I promised you a story about adventure on the high seas. It's beginning right now. Soldadito is dedicating the bull. He is paying this compliment to the lady who is seated next to me. For the first time, I glance at her, and the glance freezes into a stare. She has very dark red hair, very pale ivory skin, and very bright yellow eyes. I mean, really yellow, like a cat's. I won't dwell on her. I'd like to, but I won't. Suffice to say that this kid could stop traffic on the Indianapolis Speedway. The bullfighter turns, tosses his hat to her in the classical gesture over the shoulder, and moves out into the sunlight toward the bull. But as far as I'm concerned, the bullfight is over. You must watch the ring, senor. Hmm? I beg your pardon? It is very pleasant to feel your eyes upon me. I adore being stared at, but uh, just now, don't you think it's a bit disrespectful to our friend Soldadito? He's no friend of mine. He's a good friend of yours, senorita. Permit me to inform you that he is my enemy. very graceful, don't you think? Mm. And that was also a graceful speech, senor. No, I didn't hear it. I do not mean his dedication of the bull to me. No, I mean your little speech just now about his being your enemy if he's my friend. <laughs> Thanks. I adore it when men fight over me. Senorita, fighting over you would be a pleasure. Uh, when do I begin? Whenever you like. <laughs> Who shall I take on? The man or the bull? I think you need not bother about the bull. Look. Soldadito is about to make the kill. That was a beautiful kill, wasn't it, Mr... What is your name? Lime, Harry Lime, yes. Good kill. I will call you Harry. The bull kneeled like a penitent at his feet. The beast seemed to be asking the Torero's pardon. Mm, it should have been the other way around. You are already jealous. I adore that. <laughs> Still, you must admit it was a glorious kill. Great kill. Tell me, Harry, what are you doing in Algeria? Oh, I'm just looking around. And what are you looking for? No need to look any longer. I found it. You make very pretty little speeches. I adore that. What is your profession? Oh, uh, export, uh, import, mostly. I I dabble in a lot of things. What a pity. Why? I had allowed myself to hope you were a sailor. Well, I have been a sailor. Will that help? You have to have master's papers... I'm here with my yacht. Perhaps you have seen it in the harbor. Oh, that big three-master with a black hole? It's mine. We've lost our captain. Oh? It happened quite suddenly. I'm very sorry you're not a ship's captain. I would like to see you in the blue jacket with the gold buttons. Would you believe it? I was a ship's captain. I do not believe it. But I have master's papers. And where are they? In Barcelona. Oh, that is a bore because we are leaving tomorrow. Okay, I'll have somebody bring him down by train tonight. In other words, you want the job. In other words, I've got the job. I needed that job too much. And, of course, she knew it. 
I don't say she didn't like me, but there wasn't any doubt of it. That season, I was a little afraid about the schemes. I phoned a friend of mine, a forger up in Barcelona, and made arrangements to cook up some papers for me and rush them down that night to the coast. Then I changed into my best shirt, the other one, and went to the best restaurant. She told me she was going there after the bullfight. Good evening. Good evening. I, I'm sorry, but I just realized something. I don't know your name. You, you do not know the lady's name. You know Soldadito. Of, of course. course he knows me. All Spain knows me. But what is this man doing at our table? He, he doesn't know you. That's all right, old man. You can fix that. Introduce us. I am the Baroness von Kernipald. But you will call me Nadia. Okay, Nadia. next morning, I had the forged papers and the captain's job safely in my pocket. The truth was, of course, that I'd never been a sailor in my life. Unless you count the work I had to do as a deckhand when they found me stowed away on a short trip from Alexandria to Naples. But I needed that job bad. After one look into those huge cat's yellow eyes of hers, I would have jumped at any job she offered, whether I needed it or not. You like the ship, Harry? <laughs> She's a beauty. The steward will take your luggage to your cabin. Right now, you'll be needed on deck to superintend our departure. Uh, by the way, where are we going? To China. Algeciras, Spain, to Hong Kong, China. That's quite a run for an old salt, whose only experience as a navigator consisted of piloting a canoe around the shallow end of Lake Winnebago, Wisconsin. Luckily, I thought to bring along a little help. The help's name, of all things in the world, was Sidney Carton. He was an ex-smuggler, rather an unemployed smuggler. I'd run into Sidney occasionally on various little capers in and around the Mediterranean, and I figured he was crooked enough so I could trust him. His main attraction, besides a shock of dirty, carrot-colored hair and a glass eye, was a set of teeth like a rotten rake. Sidney was the only man I ever knew who could eat a tomato through a zither. But if Sidney was an eyesore, he was a gift from heaven as far as Captain Lyme was concerned. He was a real sailor, remember, and he covered up for me doing all the real work while I walked around in my blue jacket with the gold buttons trying to look important. Naturally, Sidney wasn't doing this for love. But since I didn't have any money, I found it necessary to make him a few promises. I tell you, Sidney, this, this isn't a yacht at all. Of course it's a yacht, Harry. This is a pleasure trip, pure and simple, and there's nothing in it for us. I told you we were carrying contraband, old man, and I'll prove it. What kind of contraband? Dope? Don't be a fool, Harry. Nobody smuggles dope into China. We're going off around the world just for the fun of it, and that ain't any fun. Why had I been signed on with so few questions asked? Why had we left so quickly? Above all, what had happened to the original captain? <laughs> it was queer enough, all right. But I was not telling Sidney the truth when I claimed that this was not a pleasure cruise. It was a pleasure, believe me. Then, one night, quite late it must have been, because I remember the moon was down. I was up on deck finishing a cigarette. Harry. Hmm? Harry. You still up, old man? I want to talk to you, Eddie. Why don't you get some sleep, old man? I found After all, it, Eddie. Was up. You found it? What did you find? That contraband. Under the floorboards. I know what we're carrying now, Harry, and it had knocked your eye out. Amazing. That's what it is, amazing. Okay, old man, okay. Spill it. Oh, I've got a whole lot to spill, Harry. A whole lot. Maybe I ought to begin with the explosives. 
Explosives? Very powerful they are, Eddie. Enough to blow this ship to China. So that's it. Oh, no, no, that's not the contraband. But let me ask you this, Eddie. Did you ever notice that glass box in the charterhouse with a sign over it that says emergency? Hold it a minute. Oh, what's wrong? I thought I heard something. Go on, go on. And I also found out about the captain, Harry. Hmm? Do you know who he was? Take it one thing at a time, old man, please. He was a naval officer for Hitler. Oh, very high and mighty mucky-mucky in the Nazi Navy he was. And you know his name? What's his name got to do with that? I want to know what was his name. I'm coming to that. But the captain's name, Harry, was von Koenigwald. Von Koenigwald, but that's Nadia's... Right, Harry. He was her husband. This is a rum go if ever I've seen one. Now, you take the expenses. You take him. What I want to hear is about... You can't laugh it off, Harry. Try as you will, it just ain't funny. These explosives are all wired up and set to go, Harry. This isn't a ship. It's a bomb. Shh. And as for what we're smuggling... Shut up. There is somebody listening. Stay there. I'll be back in a second. Hello. Hello, Nadia. It's too hot to sleep, isn't it? It's pretty hot, all right. Keep me company, Harry. I'm lonely. When I finally got to my own cabin, it was dawn. Didn't dare go looking for Sydney in any way. I was bone tired. They couldn't have let me sleep for more than an hour. Yes. Yes, what is it? It's Matthew, sir, third officer. What do you want? Well, sir, we're in sight of land in the old court. Don't bother me. Ask Sidney. He knows the course. Yes, but please, Captain, may I speak to you? Okay, okay. Now then, what is it? It's cotton I want to talk to you about, sir. What's wrong? Well, I hardly know how to tell you, sir, but he's gone. Gone? Yes, sir. We've searched everywhere, very thoroughly, but there's no doubt at all, sir. Mr. Cotton is not on this ship. Orson Welles returns in just a moment as the third man. Orson Welles, as the third man, continues with today's story, The Golden Fleece. <laughs> I still don't know how, how we made it into port. The trick was to keep that second mate from guessing that I couldn't tell the poop from a bosun's whistle. And also to keep all of us from crashing into a reef or turning upside down or something. Luckily, a little boat came out to meet us with the harbor pilot. Seems that's the regular procedure. I was very grateful, I can tell you, to be spared the embarrassment of having to swim for it. 
But it's a long haul from Hong Kong, China to Panama City. And much as I like Nadia's company, I think I would have quit the job if I hadn't managed to make a deal with young Matthews, the second mate. I showed him some papers I happened to have, proving I was a secret operative from the FBI and explained that he had to cover up for me the way Carton had been doing before. And by the time we got out of the canal on the Pacific end, I had everything pretty much under control. Would you like another drink? No, thanks. Please go on, Mr. Uh... Uh, Lime, Harry Lime. Uh, you see, I've got a reason for spinning this yarn. We'll, we'll come to that in a minute. Uh, what happened to Carton? Well, uh, Sydney? <laughs> Nobody ever saw him again. Now, I'll skip the Pacific crossing now because nothing very important happened to us till we got to China. Unless you'd like to hear some more about those yellow eyes of Nudge. Uh, what happened to von Koenigwald, the lady's husband? I'm coming to that, old man. Uh, just a second till I finish the drink. Okay. Well, it was late in March when we sighted Hong Kong. I'd learned how to imitate a sea captain by then, but I was more than a little anxious about my papers. It had been a nasty moment or two in Tahiti, and I was afraid the British authorities might spot the forgery. They might even have gotten some wireless message about me by then, but I still didn't know the purpose of the trip, you understand. Sydney hadn't gotten around to telling me about what the contraband was before he disappeared. So my curiosity got the better of me as usual, and I stayed with the ship. Captain, there's a speedboat coming alongside on the port bow. It can't be the pilot. We've already taken him on. Could be the harbor police, sir. Yeah, it's a good. No, the speedboat is mine. Oh? You'll bring the ship into anchorage, Mr. Matthews, please. The captain and I are leaving now. We are? Where are we going, honey? I loathe that expression. Okay, now, you have to answer my question. There'll be plenty of time for that on the way. We'd been riding upriver from Hong Kong for a good half hour before Nadia took it into her beautiful head to start talking. I'm taking you to meet a very important man, Harry. Huh? You'd better know his name. It's General Wei. A Chinaman? He is Chinese, yes. General Wei was governor of one of the largest southern provinces, but of course that was... Where are we meeting him? I think the mainland will be too hot for him now. The general will be waiting for us on the junk. A what? A Chinese boat. I hope you're hungry because there's bound to be quite a feast. You mean to say we've come halfway around the world to keep a dinner engagement with a Chinese warlord? Ours has been a very serious mission, Harry. And before you meet the general, I think you should know the truth. So do I. The general is planning to retrieve the lost provinces. Luckily, he is a wealthy man and had many investments in Tangier. It was my mission to bring him some of his wealth, which will be needed in the coming war. I think you have guessed what happened to the Baron von Kölnigwald. Yes, I think so. I think... I think the Baron had a wife, and I think his wife bumped him off. Am I right, honey? Please call me Nadia. Okay, I think Nadia bumped him off. He was a greedy man. I had reason to suspect that he planned to take part of the gold for himself. Gold? Yes, Harry. Gold bars purchased in Tangier. That's why I couldn't tell you earlier... It would have been too much of a temptation. The ship is lined with gold. Half a million dollars worth. You know those Chinese ships? You know, the ones that look like some kind of cross between a Spanish galleon and a floating chop suey store? <laughs> Pretty soon we came up to the biggest and gaudiest on the river. We were helped on board with a whole lot of oriental fanfare, and I gathered that in a minute we were going to be presented to his nibs, the warlord himself. Uh, Nadia. Yes? There's just one thing I don't understand. 
matter what price the old boy pays for that gold you brought him. I, I can't see why you bothered to cart it all the way across the Pacific. If you just told me before, I could have made a very nice deal for you in Mexico. I did not bring the gold here for the profit, Harry. Here he comes. Nadia, a thousand welcome. Welcome to you, great one. All my gratitude. This is General Wade, Mr. Harry Lyme. Harry, may I present my father? I know you've heard about sharks' fins and birds' nest soup, but I'll bet you never knew a Chinese banquet can last seven and a half hours. Well, this one did. With eating all the way. May I offer you some more ice wine, Captain Lyme? Well, I'm afraid I've had too much already, General. Uh, I know this may sound a little rude, but I kind of wondering, is... Is Nadia really your daughter? She is my only child. That's funny, she doesn't look very Chinese. No, Nadia's mother was a white Russian refugee. I met her in Chief Fu and made the mistake of marrying her. Nadia, however, is no mistake. She is my very precious jewel, Mr. Lyme. And I thank you for taking such good care of her. Father, father, it's gone. It's got... What's happened? What's the happened? Boat, Harry, our boat with all the gold on it. It has vanished. While we were in there stuffing ourselves, somebody had made off with a yacht. Word came to us it was going downstream toward the open sea. It's my fault. Well, why yours, Nadia? That Matthews boy, the third mate, I should never have trusted him. I should never trust anybody. But if you'd gone on stabbing your ship's officers and tossing him overboard, you'd have ended up without any crew. There she is ahead of us. Ahoy there, golden fleece! Come about and prepare to receive us on board! Can't you get any more speed, Harry? Well, I'm punching a hole in the floor as it is. Ahoy, golden fleece! This is your last chance! Come about or we open fire! They won't answer. They will now. Fire! We had a dangerous-looking gang of hatchet men with machine guns on our launch, and they put up a good show. It wasn't long before we were next to the yacht, and I could see that a lot of damage had been done to the crew on board. It wasn't my crew. It was strangers. Chinese. We just have to storm over the side. Come on, Harry. What's wrong, General? Are you hit? That's all right, Captain. Just give me your arm. Okay. Here we go. No sooner were we on deck than a mean-looking Mongol I hadn't noticed before hung up in the shrouds, bit off the end of a grenade, and threw it smack into our launch. Well, there goes everybody on our side. I guess this is it, Nadia. Yes, Nadia, this is it. Hey, wait you a minute. Can't. Don't worry, Nadia, I am not a ghost. Wait a minute, you're Nadia's husband. Yes, happily for me, I was not as dead as she thought I was when she pushed me into the sea. Hans. You should have remembered. I am a good swimmer. Keep your hands in the air, please, all three of you. Hans, how did you get here? By plane? I couldn't guess your cause, and it was the easiest way. I just flew to Hong Kong and waited for... And now what are you going to do? I am going to do unto others as they would do unto me, Captain. If you happen to remember any prayers, you'd better start saying them, all three of you. I'm wounded, Kennicott, and dying. It doesn't matter about me, but Nadia's... Father, I'm your no. true child. Do you imagine I would leave you now? This is all very nice and noble, but what about me? That's true, Harry. Hans, this man has done nothing to harm you. Let him swim for you. He it. knows about the gold, Nadia, and I prefer to keep that as my own secret. He also knows about something else, don't you, Harry? Carlton told me about it the night I killed him. What do you him. mean? There's a tiny glass window here by my hand. 
Carlton explained it to you. I heard him. The sign says for emergency only. Yes. Remember what he said, Harry. This isn't a ship. It's a bomb. Thanks, Nadia. God bless you. Shoot that man! Yes, no, you can't. He's a good swimmer, too. Goodbye, Harry. Child. You gave me a ring, father, with a seal of our family. I still wear it. It's enough to break a pane of glass. Goodbye, Harry. He's too far away to hear you. He will hear this. Sampan picked me up, but I almost drowned myself first, thinking about all that gold. A half a million dollars worth of it going down to the bottom of the sea. <laughs> Have another gin sling? Thanks again, Mr. Lyme. Well, that's the story. Here's why I told it to you. I know the spot where this happened. I've got it marked exactly on the map. Cost about 20,000 pounds to do the salvage, but that still leaves a pretty big margin of profit. And I just wondered... If you'd be interested, sir, in, in investing. Mr. Lyme, I wonder if you know who I am. Well, no, no, not, not exactly. I... I'm the Lord Constable and Chief of Police in this colony. We have a full dossier on your activities as a confidence man, and I thought I'd let you tell your tale because I wanted to know how you work. Lyme, that salvage racket's the oldest of all the old skin games. I'm surprised that you're trying it on anybody, least of all a policeman. Good night now. And by the way, we'd be much happier here if you'd leave town. Within the next 24 hours, that is. Well, um, pip, pip. Uh, pip, pip. Another gin sling, sir? Uh, no. Oh. Just give me the check. Harry Lyon returns in just a moment. you understand why I don't like telling that story. Whoever I tell it to usually turns out to be a cop. That isn't the worst of it. The worst of it is that it's true. Well, pip pip. episode was called The Golden Fleece, a play on the golden treasure that Jason went after in Greek mythology, as well as the fleecing that the con man Harry Lyme attempts over and over in this series. You are listening to the Old Time Radio Hour with your host, Justine Ward. Next, Harry Lyme's adventures take him to Mexico, 
where he solves a problem for a beautiful woman and the mystery of a bell that doesn't ring. Enjoy the lives of Harry Lime, Mexican hat trick. First broadcast November 2nd, 1951 on Mutual. Presenting Orson Welles as the third man. The Lives of Harry Lyme. The fabulous stories of the immortal character, originally created in the motion picture The Third Man, with zither music by Anton Karras. That was the shot that killed Harry Lyme. He died in a sewer beneath Vienna. As those of you know who saw the movie, The Third Man. Yes, that was the end of Harry Lyme. But it was not the beginning. Harry Lyme had many lives. And I can recount all of them. How do I know? It's very simple. Because my name is Harry Lyme. I don't approve of gambling. At least not the legitimate kind. It's not so much the gambling I dislike. It's the losing I detest. Of course, all business entails a certain amount of risk. That's why insurance companies grow rich. I believe in insurance. That's why when I have to gamble, I always like to ensure that I'm on a sure thing. Some people have been rude enough to call this cheating, but they were prejudiced by being on the losing side. Like that time in Mexico City when I brought off what I like to call my Mexican hat trick. Now, Orson Welles as Harry Lyme, the third man in Mexican Hat Trick. There is no human affliction worse than poverty. In Mexico City, I realized again that it's more painful when the disease occurs in the midst of plenty. Somehow, there had always been enough to buy a drink for some poor, unsuspecting tourista. You know the kind, too much money in his pocket, too much trust in his heart for a fellow American, a meal ticket for Harry Lyme. But now, nothing. Harry Lyme, soldier of many fortunes, good and bad, was down to his last borrowed cigarette, sitting in a crummy dive in a fourth-rate district of the city, checking a mental roster of friends, contacts, and local suckers. Senor Harry. Oh. Oh, hello, Diego. Just thinking about you, Diego. Sit down, old man. Bueno. 
What's your standard rate for six fast lessons in pocket picking? Ah, mi amigo, I trade you favor for favor, eh? You know my friend Bolo Minoso? Bolo, of course, king of the Mexico City dips, hmm? How's he doing? He died this morning, Harry. Oh, it's too bad, Diego. Anything I can do? See, before he died, Bolo asked me to help him remove a great stain from his immortal soul. Don't say. He was afraid that when he entered the next world... Uh, look, Diego, you've come to the wrong man. I'm having troubles enough with this world. Bolo gave me this note, Harry. He asked me to take it for him to... To... To, to the police... Well, go to it, old man. I'm... But but the police... Could you not deliver this note me? for me? To the yes. police? Yes. <laughs> Diego, remember, Bolo has entrusted it to you. Be a man. But Face the... the issue. Straighten up. Shoulders back. Chest I out, old man. I do not jest, amigo. You could remove Bolo's stains more simply. Oh, I'm afraid all right. Let me see this was... note. See. Hmm. I don't know why you should be so worried about... It's... Hmm. Okay. Huh? Oh, uh... Uh, well, well, Diego, you've done a favor or two for me. Uh-huh, I, uh, yes. I guess I'll take care of Bolo's house oh, for you. Oh, amigo. Sure. Gracias, amigo, gracias. You will take it to the police, eh? Uh, don't worry about a thing, old man. Uh, I'll take care of the note. When I managed to get rid of the grateful Diego, I sat down and studied this little note more carefully. Seventeen years ago, the note explained, in the little Mexican town of Leon, Bolo Minoso had killed a man. This note was his confession, a complete account of how he'd permitted an innocent man, somebody named Vicente Coelho, to be accused of this murder. It explained that Bolo had hidden signed affidavits proving Coelho's innocence somewhere in Leon. Just where in Leon, he neglected to say. The police would be interested in this confession, of course, but then it seemed to me that the Coelho family might have a greater concern. So I decided to investigate the financial aspects of the family interest. Buenos dias, senora. Buenos dias, senora. Is this uh, senora Coelho? Si. This is my daughter, Alicia, senora. I'm encantado. I'm delighted. Uh, senora, this document concerns your husband. Uh, my husband? Vicente Coelho. He was your husband. Yeah. Yes, but Vicente is dead. Bendito uh, senora, sea, how long has it been since his death, I mean? We, we do not know. Not for certain. It has been a long time. Yes, well, you needn't be delicate on my account, Signora. I know. No? Signora, I know that your father was accused of murdering a man in Leon 17 years ago. He did not. Vicente would not hurt I anyone. Know, but he was not a criminal. The police didn't share that view. When he escaped from prison before his trial, it seemed to cinch the case against him, right? Okay. It made the authorities even more certain of his guilt. But he had to escape. There was no hope without the papers. Yes, yes, I know. You seem to know so much, Mr. Lyle. I know what you know, Senorita. Those papers were the evidence that could have saved your father, and they were stolen. This does not help us. We have searched for 17 years for some kind of evidence that would have cleared the name of my husband. We have spent Mm. thousands of pesos. What if you found that evidence now, Senora? Oh, por Dios. If we only could... Senora, Senorita, those papers... They were affidavits proving absolutely that your husband was nowhere near the scene of the crime when it occurred. They were? How do you know this? I have the word of the man who stole them. You have? Alicia, he knows. Where is this man, Mr. Lyme? We must see him immediately. I'm afraid it's too late for that. He's dead, you see. Dead? Hmm. Then it has been for nothing. Why do you come to us now? Oh, there's always hope, Senorita. I have his confession that he was the murderer. I can prove your father's innocence. You can? Hmm. Mama, you hear? Si, si. I knew that someday... Madre de Dios. Gracias. 
We must go to the police. Uh, yes, You can tell them. I'm afraid not the police. You won't go? Well, this deathbed confession, I'm afraid it isn't enough. Then what? The affidavit, senorita. I know where they can be found. That is the approximate location. The same affidavit? Yes. After 17 they years? They still exist. With a little searching, I can produce them. But then you must get them for us. We will do anything, Senora, anything. there's nothing. I'd rather do more. I'd like very much to help you clear the Coelho name, but... Well, I, I, I can't leave immediately. It'll take time, six months or so. Six and then, yes, Possibly months. a year. Depends on business, of course. I do have certain commitments here in Mexico City, you see. But, Mr. Lyme, a sorry, year... I'm sorry, mean losing quite a bit of income. I'm afraid six months anyway. No. Like... No, you must help us now. Mama, senor, we do not want you to lose any income for our sake. If you help us, we will pay you what money you would lose. Well, I'm grateful, senor, but really I hesitate, you see. My income is not small, something around 100,000 pesos for six months. We will give you 200,000 pesos. 200,000. Senor Lime, our money is yours. We will pay anything. You will not be sorry. I'm sure of that. Take back your gold. Gold will never buy me. <laughs> what it though. Take back your gold. Take back your... Come in, come in, come in. Buenos dias, senor Lyme. Senorita. May I come in? Uh, of course, come come right on in. Yeah. I uh, I see you are preparing for your journey. Yes, yeah, sir, I can't offer you a decent chair. Take this one. It is all right, I will stand. How'd you ever find me here? It was not difficult. You are well known, it seems. Oh, checking up on me, huh? You might say the Quellios are cautious people, Mr. Lyme. Mm. My mother thought it better... Please, that... senorita, I should be making the apologies. Mr. Lyme, forgive me for saying this, but for a man with business affairs such as yours, you live so... So, so... Uh, modestly? Hmm? See. Si. Not at all. Note the spider web over there, senorita. A genuine antique. Fifteenth century. The spider is a direct descendant of Cortez. Uh, I am sorry, Mr. Lyme. <laughs> Bad looks bears no one, it seems. Uh, you've had your share, Alicia. I've had mine, but it really makes a little difference. We can help each other now, and that's what's really important, isn't it? See, si, yeah, si. let me pour you a drink. Good stuff. A pickpocket friend of mine borrowed it from an American tourist. No, thank you. You are so gay, Mr. Harry. See, si, Harry, I... Say, you know what I think? I think something's bothering you. What is it? The spider web, the saggy chair? Hmm? Harry, I would like to go to Leon with you. Uh, now, just a minute, young lady. I have the car. You will need an interpreter, perhaps, in Leon. Well, I've heard it's a lonely town. Yes, Harry, it is. Well, don't just stand there, woman. Go on home and pack. No need to, senor... My luggage is downstairs in the car. We got our first glimpse of Leon from a hill behind the city. Quiet little mountain town, quite incapable of coping with giddy tourists on expense accounts. As we entered Leon, I wondered what murder had to do with a place like this. Bueno, Harry. You have taken us directly to the town plaza. Couldn't miss. Only one road into town. Had a hotel over there? It is the hotel. Mm hmm. And, uh, that must be the town's official greeter. Hmm? Out you go. Out you go. Gracias. Good to stretch. He says he will watch the car, Harry. It's official greeter, all right. One or a, one or a hundred in every Mexican town. <laughs> His mother is ill, he says. His family is dying of hunger. Sure, sure, sure. Give him something, Harry. Uh, looks like the greeter was just sent into retirement. Buenos dias, senor. Buenos dias. Welcome to Leon. 
You will be happy with us in this hotel. Uh, your back, senor. Uh, gracias. Uh, come, I have a beautiful room for you. Una habitación muy bonita. Señor y señora, will be... Uh, un momento. Sí, señora. Dos. Dos habitaciones, señora. Señorita. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Señorita, <laughs> sí, sí. Bueno, pues dos, dos habitaciones. Dos habitaciones. We followed the officious little hotel manager across a tile lobby up rickety stairs. And many centuries before this, my hotel was the home of one of the Spanish conquistadores. Those are our rooms down there. You mm -hmm. see, there is much romance Very in this interesting, yes. Over there, you see... Uh, Señor, what bell is that we hear? Bell? Oh, the bell, see, see. Uh, this is the famous church bell of Leon. Famous? It bears a long and tragic story, senorita. Every hour it tolls to remind us of the scenes... Look, of old the... man, some other time if you don't mind. Si, si, senor, pero... Ah, yeah. uh, uh, here you are. Ah, for you. Muchas gracias, señor. Muchas gracias. Nada. Uh, uh, young lady, what, what do you say we wash up first and then start the big search for the affidavit? Harry, it seems so difficult. Where does one begin? Oh, with Bolo, of course. Find his trail. We find the papers. Let's go. <laughs> Orson Welles returns in just a moment as the third man. continues with Mexican Hat Trick. Leon was even sleepier than most Mexican towns. Only the bell disturbed it. After the midday siesta, when you'd expect things to come to life, everything just went on sleeping as before. Good for the nerves, of course. Unless you were trying to wake up a memory 17 years old. Perhaps he will know this man. Let's hope so. I'm a little tired of asking. Uh, do you speak English? Uh, That's well. I want some information. Information. Information, uh, 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 conocido un hombre que se llama Voluminoso. Voluminoso. Sí, vivía aquí hace muchos años. No, señorita, no le conozco. Uh, I understood that. Okay. What now, Harry? Uh, another bar. Gracias, amigo. One bar after another, one cafe after another. We made them all. We hit cockfight rings, the viejos on the street, everyone in every place where there might be a clue, something to point us in the direction of those affidavits. Did you find anything, Harry? Nothing, nothing, tough, John. Perhaps we are making a mistake. What about my father? Hmm? It would be easier to find someone who remembers him. We can start from it's there. Part of your mind, mention your father's name, just mention it around here. You have not only the police down on us, we'll have every cheap confidence man in Mexico on our hands. 
Trying to find out what we want. But we have to start somewhere. And we have to rest somewhere, too. My feet are killing me. Let's go back to the hotel. Harry, it is not right for me to be what? in the room. Oh, for the Lord. Come on, come on. There's no time to worry about proprieties. But it is not... Oh, we're both tired. We've got to rest. We might as well talk while we're doing it. Go on. I'll order up a couple of drinks. Hey... Hey, Alicia, listen, that's not to cry about. I am sorry. I cannot help you. Come here. Come on. Oh, you should not kiss me. Oh, I'd be pretty silly if I didn't. Harry, please, no. You're a great kid, Alicia. Oh, Harry. You know what? I kind of hope this search of ours isn't too successful. Too soon. <laughs> Things were considerably more bearable during the next few days. The warm Mexican evenings and Alicia. Uh, but during the days, long, tedious days, we searched and searched and searched and we found nothing. After one of our better evenings together, I left Alicia at her door and headed for my room. When I opened the door, there was a surprise waiting for me. I had a guest. The weasened old beggar who'd been the first to greet us on our arrival in Leon. This time his greeting was a little violent. Hey, hey, hey Tim, hey, why, why you, Maria? No, you don't. You try to kill me? Oh, you try to kill me? I die. What are you doing here? Come on, what do you want? Panhandle business falling off, robbing hotel rooms now. Well, we will see what the police have to say about it. Okay, okay, let's have it. What's it all about? You come to kill me? What are you babbling about? Who wants to kill you? Bolo, you look for Bolo. You come to kill me? Bolo. What's he got to do with it? Hey! Hey, come back here! Bolo! Bolo! Sente Coelho. The beggar, the flea-bitten old car-watching beggar. This was Alicia's father. Buried in the dust of police records, rumors, and memory, but after all these years, still alive. And those affidavits proving his innocence of the murder... They'd be twice as valuable to the living as they were to the dead. His family would certainly be willing to pay much more for them now. Unless, of course, Coelho found them first. Obviously, that's why he was in Leon. I had to get my hands on those papers before he did. And before Alicia realized her father was still alive. Yes? Harry, I thought we could go... Harry! It's okay. Come in. Close the door. What happened? I had a... Little argument with destiny, honey. I won. Your clothes. Yeah. They're all torn in your face. Oh, honey. Nothing I can't wash off with soap and water. But, but what was it? The old beggar. He must have been after my money. He tried to kill me when I caught him at it. Oh, Harry, you must be careful. No, you're the one who's got to be careful. Stay away from him. No telling what he's up to now. Might try to get back at me by hurting you. Then we must go to the police. No, no, no. I, I don't want to talk to the police. No, not, not until we can clear your father. And then what? I'll handle him myself. You just stay close to me from now on. I had to find those blasted papers quickly now. But how? Where? Was Coelho any closer to them than I? How could I keep Alicia from learning that her father was alive? Add to these nagging thoughts the incessant clanging of that church bell just outside my window... You can well understand my reaction to the hotel manager's typical good morning greeting. 
Ah, buenos días, señor. Yeah, buenos días. Well, I did not sleep oh, well. Oh, señor, your bed is not comfortable. I will see to it. Where's Alicia? Uh, the señorita, has she come down yet? Ah, the señorita, she's at the church. Church? Sí, señor, this is a great holiday in our city. At midnight, the bell begins to toll and does not stop until the sun sets tonight. You mean to tell me it's going to keep up that racket till sundown, that horrible clankety-clank? This clank, senor, it is the will of the Lord. Yeah, well, I need some coffee. Our punishment, senor. We atone on this day for the great sin of Leon. The great sin of Leon. That must have been a whopper. A terrible sin, senor. Uh, on this day, 17 years ago, a good man was killed in Leon. Mm. For this, the Lord removed the music from the wait bell. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What happened 17 years ago? There was murder in our city. And the bell? A miracle, senor. On this Never day, mind we... the bell. What's it got to do with the murder? Please, senor, do not shout. Will you please, por favor, get the, the blasted point? Senor, you must hear me. This bell was once of glorious musical tone. Uh, yes, Then but... there came this terrible scene, this uh, killing. Go on. One of the men of Leon was taken by the police for this murder. Then there occurred this miracle. What miracle? The music left the tone of the bell, and this man was never seen again. Wait a minute. It changed its tone overnight, huh? Before the man was brought to trial? The will of the Lord, senor. Our punishment for permitting violent death in our city. Each year on this day we pray that the music be restored to our bell. Uh, you say you wish coffee, senor? No, 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 not now. When the senorita returns, tell her to see me. Uh, pronto. Right away is too late. But, Harry, it is... it is too fantastic. Oh, sure, it's fantastic. Bells don't change their tone the way you and I change our clothes. There's got to be a reason for it, a practical, fundamental, tangible reason. Now, look, look, this note. Yes? Bolo's note. Here, he admits it right here. He stole the evidence that would have cleared your father. He says he hid it right here in Leon. Well, why did he not destroy it immediately? Who knows? Maybe he intended to confess sooner or later. Murders are seldom logical people, but look. Now we learn that just before your father escaped from the police, the tone of this bell suddenly, mysteriously, miraculously changed from a melodious ring to that clank we hear out there. Listen to it, Alicia, listen. What makes a bell sound like that? I, I do not know, Harry. It may be. I do not know. Well, neither do I, but tonight I'm going to find out. And you're going to help. midnight before the streets were empty, Alicia and I entered the little church and climbed up the ancient flight of stairs to the company. Quiet now. Quiet. How will you get to the bell? The steps do not go that high. You have to use the bell pull. It will make so much noise. Yeah, it will stop the bell to ring. It won't make much difference once we get what we're after. Here we are. Can you reach it? I've got it. Stay here. The Padre shows up. Let me know. I'll make it as fast as I can. Be careful, Harry. Hmm. Do not hurt yourself. I'll be okay. Harry, hmm. I love you. Hmm? This is for good luck. That did it. Harry! I climbed up hand over hand. I don't know how far. Ten feet, maybe fifteen or twenty. It wasn't easy. The bell made a horrible racket over me, and the sound grew in waves as I approached it, making me dizzier and dizzier until I almost let go. But finally... There was no more rope. My hand touched the inside of the bell and it, it stopped ringing. The old line confidence was at a cockeyed angle and slipping away fast when I suddenly grabbed for the clapper and found what I wanted. A heavy oilskin wrapper tied around it a couple of hundred thousand pesos worth of missing affidavits. One good tug pulled it away and I stuffed it in my shirt front. <laughs> Oh, 
Alicia! The rope burned chunks of flesh right out of my hands as I slid down. Below me, I saw another figure struggling with Alicia, trying to get past her. The two of them were wrestling on the narrow ledge at the top of the steps, leading to the bell tower. I caught one moonlit glimpse of their faces as I swung onto the ledge. It was the beggar, Coelho, Alicia's father. Before I could reach him, she got one arm free and hit him as hard as she could. Then she shoved, and he went over. Oh. Alicia! Alicia! Harry, oh, Harry, he tried to kill me. Oh, it's tried all right. To kill it's me. all right, honey. It's all I right. I killed him. It was not my fault. No, 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 no. You didn't him. get. Look, he's, he's getting up. He's all right. I'm glad. I am glad. Come on, Alicia. Let's go down. After all, we got what we came for. <laughs> Lime returns in just a moment. As the authorities were concerned, Coelho was a nameless beggar who'd gone and blown his top. They locked him up, of course, but said he'd be released later on. I was the one person who could identify him, the one person who could return him to his family. But why interfere? Let the old man figure it out for himself. If he wanted to remain the unknown beggar for the rest of his days, that was his business. Probably everybody would be happier the way things were, particularly Alicia. She was all that really worried me. I went out into the little plaza to think it over. Day was breaking. The birds were waking up. The little cantina was still open. I went in and sat down at a greasy little table and had myself a couple of taquillas. Then I borrowed a few sheets of notepaper and wrote this. Alicia, my darling, I'm writing this in a great rush because I want to be gone from Leon before you're awake. I'm doing it this way because I'm afraid if I saw you again, I wouldn't know how to go and I've got to. No matter what, I can't. I mustn't stay on here in Mexico with you. I hope you find somebody you deserve, but I doubt it. Anyway, here's wishing you happiness. Adios. And as for my fee, you can pay it to a man called Diego, who called at your house. Again, adios. Yours, Harry Lyme. <laughs> You have been listening to the Old Time Radio Hour, broadcast each week over the World Wide Web. 
You can subscribe at no charge through iTunes, Podbean, or RSS. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you can join us again next week for another hour of entertainment from The Third Man, The Lives of Harry Lime. Until then, this is your host, Justine Ward, saying so long for now.